Hey there, and welcome to the Allied Arts Podcast, where we learn how to make the world come alive with art. For this special COVID-19 series, we'll be talking about the many ways of how artists have been acting as allies in response to this pandemic. So, these have been really difficult times, but it's been amazing to see artists in action and using their time, skills, and talents to be able to help the rest of the world survive with art. And I hope to share that here on the podcast. So to stay tuned whenever I post new episodes, make sure to follow the podcast here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're using to listen to this. And also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at AlliedArtsPH. And now, on to the episode. Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. We are now officially on episode 10 of the Allied Arts Podcast where we learn how to make the world come alive with art. This is still part of the special COVID-19 series and for this episode we'll be talking about how fashion design and health have merged during this pandemic. So let's start off by um, finding out what happened. Basically because of the lockdown, um, when the lockdown started, clothes manufacturing for fashion was not deemed as essential and so Manufacturing basically stopped. Aside from that, the whole market pretty much shifted away from buying clothes for outdoor, which was a huge chunk of the fashion industry. Um, You know, just putting out clothes that people would want to wear, um, statements, you know, just to present themselves outside. Um, And there wasn't, I mean, yeah, there was like a market for sleepwear and stuff like that but it wasn't big at the same time you know aside from the people staying at home there was also a demand and supply issue um, in terms of clothing for the people for the frontliners basically and this was seen in the demand for ppes in hospitals so ppes are personal protective equipment that hospital staff use to protect themselves from the virus in the hospitals Um, if you've ever been in a hospital or if you work in a hospital of course you'd be aware of the need to stay sanitized you know because it's just proper health care health yeah just taking care of your health right So because of the coronavirus, because this is a virus that we don't have a vaccine for yet, it became so much more important for the hospital staff to have that protective equipment. Problem is, yeah, there's not enough supply. Um, And aside from just the people in the hospitals, there was also a need for PPEs um, for people who were going out like those in supermarkets, um, the trash collectors, like so many people, basically the essential workers um, in our society. Yeah, the ones who keep us going. So, yeah, that's what happened. Um, Thing is, artists responded to this concern as well. So, fashion designers actually... A lot of them shifted their um, clothes designing and manufacturing from 
clothes for the runway, clothes for just, you know, daily use in quote-unquote normal circumstances to shifting towards creating PPEs. So examples of this were through local fashion designers like Patty Ang, Michael Levia, uh, Rahul Laurel, um, so many others, and internationally big brands as well like Burberry, Christian Siriano, and um, Uniqlo now, as I record this, has, has been like announcing that they'll be creating PPEs as well with their like clothing technology and things like that. So why was it easy for these artists to respond? Because first of all, fashion designers already had the skills to create these clo- uh, to create clothing. Basically, all they had to do was to create clothing that suited for the hospital staff. But compared to creating clothes that were for aesthetic purposes, now there's also the challenge of like, how to create it in a way that it's that it's not only aesthetic but it also serves its function. So this is where clothing technology comes in and no understanding materials such as um, I forgot the specific material, but <laughs> you know, like yeah, materials were now taken into consideration, and you know the question of is it virus repellent is it breathable is it reusable is it durable you know those things are now taken into consideration compared to when fashion designers would make clothes for um would make clothes and gowns and things like that so a solution um, was made basically for healthcare workers so for healthcare workers, Mitch Dulce, the head of Manila Protective Gear Sewing Club, created a PPE pattern and tech pack. Um, basically, this includes the design patterns and specification sheet that, and this is open source, so like anybody who's a who's a um, fashion designer or a seamstress can do this. Any clothing company can do this. Um, and these this tech pack includes design patterns and specification sheet and yeah it's been made available online so that other clothes designers can reproduce it and adjust the PPE shortage in the country also this tech pack is doctor approved so you know that it's suitable for the hospitals and it can serve its function well on the other hand there has also been a demand for PPEs for the mass market. Like for example, just for the ordinary people like me, when I go to the grocery, you know, um, I have to make sure that I'm also wearing a mask to protect myself, to protect other people from the virus because we don't know who's carrying the virus. So yeah. Um, However, compared to PPEs for hospitals, yeah. So the functionality, there's there's a slightly different functionality. Like, is it so yeah, is it breathable, is it reusable, is it durable? Um, oh, sorry, I mentioned that earlier, um, but actually, in reality, the PPEs for hospitals are not supposed to be breathable, and they're not, um, as much as possible, they, sh- they shouldn't be reusable. They should be durable to last. Why is this the case for the PPEs in the hospitals? Because if it's breathable, that means that the virus can also enter and so it defeats the whole purpose of having PPEs. 
is it reusable you know for the hospitals as much as possible now this is an issue for me personally in terms of sustainability and waste management but that's for another time right now the important thing is that ppes are made for healthcare workers so that they can protect themselves yeah uh so yeah basically like it's ideally not reusable or like it's okay if it's not reusable because you know it's dangerous to take that risk if the virus might be um staying on the material of the ppe and stuff like that but yeah uh going back to the mass mark quote-unquote mass market ppes yeah it should be breathable it should be reusable it should be durable um Personally, I have the kind of mask where you can have an insert, like of a surgical mask. Um, for me personally, I think that PPEs for like just the everyday people don't need to have like the really technical specifications compared to the hospitals because, you know, our exposure isn't as... Um, you know, it's it's not it's we're not high risk. We're not in a high risk place. Like okay, when you're in the grocery, you know, there's a re- there's a really high chance, yeah, of getting coronavirus. But compared to being in the hospital where you're sure that the coronavirus is present, you know, like I think, yeah, which is why, uh, yeah, PPEs are structured differently. So yeah, um, some examples of PPEs made for, um. Some PPEs that have been made during this time, aside from the full body gear, which is the ones that hospital workers actually use, um, masks have been an in thing. And so these surgical masks, these like N95s and all the really tech, technical, um, what do you call that? <laughs> That kind of that kind of mask, like the official mask, have been used by the hospitals. But for others, some ways that artists have adapted were like creating masks. Like for example, there's a mask made out of leather. There's a mask made out of abaca. Oh, the leather mask. Um, I just saw it from Handcrafted by Harls. Um, it's not it's not a full leather mask. It's like a leather and um mix of like an ambaka mask so that way it's also durable and it can be used um there are also masks now with really cute designs because it's now becoming a fashion statement and um people like artifact lisa have actually been sharing um ppes as fashion statements as well or sorry i think i worded that wrong it's more of Still having a fashion statement while you use a PPE, right? Because a PPE shouldn't, for me personally, like PPEs shouldn't be first a fashion statement and then protective gear. They are first protective gear and then you incorporate the fashion statement. But <laughs> at this point, I'm kind of just rambling. I do apologize, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, like in short, a lot of artists, a lot of um, these designers have adapted by creating masks that you 
allow for surgical masks to be inserted, but at the same, you know, they they're reusable by the general public, and at the same time, they allow the general public to still find ways to express themselves, which is really nice. So, um. All this is, of course, definitely changing the way that we see things. And so if the question is, how is this changing the world? First and foremost, if you're listening to this and you're somebody who wants to pursue fashion and the health field, this is a very unique way of merging the two because by being aware of things in health, of the specifications needed, and at the same time, you know, you build the skills in fashion, being able to create protective gear that's also stylish can, you know, it's just a unique way. And if you're interested in that, who knows, you might create the first ever fashion line for um, healthcare workers. And it's not entirely a bad thing because I think that, you know, fashion is um, a mood booster. And, you know, if we have healthcare workers who's, who feel confident with themselves as they work and you know like being in the healthcare um, system working in the healthcare system is really draining especially if you're in the philippines because yes knock knock hello government support let's go please support the healthcare system yeah um so yeah i think that you know if there were more ways to empower healthcare workers and if fashion design could be one of those ways and that would be so beautiful um another way that this shift of how fashion designers responded can change the world is um because first of all fashion industry is one of the top polluting industries in the world next to oil and that really sucks because um you know i think fashion the fashion industry has really good intentions you know it's just a way for us to keep ourselves clothed, protect ourselves from the elements, at the same time express ourselves. But it's one of the top polluting industries, unfortunately. But I think if more fashion industry game players, like the ones I mentioned earlier, the big names, if they're contributing to PPE production and therefore being both in the health and fashion sector slash industry, there becomes a greater need for them to seek um, sustainable means of production as well. Why? Because if they don't find sustainable means of production, but they're promoting like health and protection, blah, 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 blah. If the public finds out, they will be called out. You know, they will be called out for their hypocrisy. So, yeah, like finding sustainable means of production is also, it also expands to taking care of public health. So, yeah, basically, if big fashion game players um, find those find sustainability, um, the health advocacy aspect of you know creating PPEs expands to taking care of public health, and that's good for everybody, like for you and me and the entire human race and all other species that live on this planet. It's just good for public health and the environment. Um, in addition to that, the boost in PPE demand may also boost the local textile industry as people shift towards protective gear. Um, like I mentioned earlier, 
one of the materials used for um, masks actually was abaca. And there is an article that said that they were investigating as to the possibility of using abaca to filter, uh, as a filter for these PPEs. And there's a possibility that it has a stronger filtration rate um, compared to other PPEs, which is very good. You know, if we could use abaca local um, raw material and produce it into something that we can really share with the rest of the world, that would be amazing. So, yeah, basically that's it for PPEs and fashion design, at least to the extent of what I've found out. Um, if you do know more, feel free to send it at facebook.com slash alliedartsph or instagram.com slash alliedartsph and we'll share more of how fashion industry and health being combined is the way to make the world, oh, sorry, to help the world survive with art. That's it for this episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye! Hey there, by the way, if you're still here, please, please, please do your part in junking the terror bill now. The hashtag is hashtag junk terror bill now. Um, to give you a gist of why we should do this, because the bill is not only vague, but it actively tramples on our basic human rights. Under the bill, persons can be arrested without warrant, detained up to 14 days, that's extendable by 10 days, before being brought to a judge. Now, if you're not a terrorist, like some of you might say, I'm not a terrorist, why should I be scared? Because we have a country with a long history of weak and selective implementation of the law. So, with that bill... Oh, in addition to that, by the way, a lot of activists get red-tagged for criticizing just the government when it should be the government's job. But that's for another story. But yeah, basically, activists get red-tagged. Like, if you just protest or for human rights, if you protest for the rights of animals, if you protest for the turtles, if you protest for the environment, you get red-tagged for going against, you know, government stuff. Um, and that's happened way too often for us to simply brush it aside. So, yeah, having such a law like this is very, very alarming. Um, but we can do our part by, number one, getting ourselves educated. There are a lot of channels for us to do this. There is a Telegram channel if you're on Telegram. If you want to read up, there is also the website junkterrorbill.card.co. Card has two R's. Um, there's also parasapinas.card.co. Card also has two R's. If you want to read more. Now, if you've read enough about the terror bill and you want to do something concrete, uh, you can go to junkterrorbill.netlify.app. This allows us to send emails to each of our reps, um, each of our representatives, if you're in the Philippines or if you're not in the Philippines, because apparently I have listeners, listeners who are not from the Philippines. So hello. Yes, but anyway, the, the website I mentioned, the Netlify website, this makes it easier to send your emails and let your stand be known to the representative so that they can still withdraw their vote and they can 
you know, listen to the people. If I doesn't over, we can still do this. If more of us do our part. So yeah, again, hashtag junk terror bill now. Please, 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 let's make this happen. Thanks. Hey there, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you learned something new today about the power of art, or if you're an artist, that it brought a lot of value to you in your career. So for collaborations, feel free to hit me up on social media. That's at AlliedArtsPH or email me at AlliedArtsPH at gmail.com. My name is Asher Marinella and thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!